You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 413, going to the laundrette with Stella McCartney. Here's a CD with your Taylor Swift hoodie hurtling to the top of the charts with album bundling and geekations with your favourite indie stars. That's all coming up after Colourfield and Thinking of You. I kinda sort of know I ought to be thinking of you But a friendship's built on trust And that's something you never do Well who knows, maybe tomorrow We can share each other's sorrows And compare our graveside manner As we wave our lonely I was looking at the video for this song the other day. Uh, it was filmed on the Palace 
pier at uh, Brighton in 1985. Mm. And I was just thinking how little had changed in 34 years when in the distance I noticed the West Pier still standing fully intact mm. because it's been burnt down to a cinder since Not then. Not quite everything is the same, it's, unfortunately. No, no. A lovely single that reached... Um, Number 12 in the UK, uh, The Colour Field with Katrina Phillips from 1985 and Thinking of You. I did rather like that, although it rather, it rather uh, links into our, our our theme at the opening track of last week when we talked about The Clash and all of the various mm. sub, subsets and, and side projects of The Clash. You could say that Terry Hill, Hall was single-handedly propping up the music industry for about seven years, wasn't he, with his infinite number of solo and side Yeah, Funboy 3, The Specials and Lord of the Colourfield. And his solo stuff. And his solo stuff as well, of course. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast from the Parish Council. It's episode 413. Mm-hmm. I'm Terence Stackham, and here's the British ambassador for podcasting. It's Juliet Harris. <laughs> I presume I will have to resign in disgrace once a cable about how difficult you are to work <laughs> with gets leaked to a, to a publication. Yes, like Isabel Oakshot's probably writing the piece for the Daily Mail say, right I'm now. Sure, I'm sure that there is somebody, there is some dark hand at work here. Anyway, hello. It can, it can be rather dispiriting to to when you to go and buy some new clothes and then mm. you read the small print on the irritatingly itchy label that they seem to reserve for clothing and see those doleful words dry cleaning only and you know that you're now mm. going to be trapped in that process where you take the item to the dry cleaners next friday okay for you and <laughs> you have to trudge back pick up the item bring it home take off the environmentally awful plastic wrapper mm. notice that you're almost fainting due to the aroma of dry cleaning fluid so you hang it up outside to dilute the pong then you wear it again find you put your elbow down on some spilled red wine <laughs> and there you go again back to the dry cleaners where you pay another 15 pounds to repeat the whole procedure but jules stella mccartney in an interview this week advises us all that not only is dry cleaning unnecessary um she goes on to suggest that all cleaning of clothes is superfluous well, I mean, I, I, so this was this rather uh, sort of compellingly peculiar interview that she gave in The Guardian this week. Mm. Um, it was a Sophie Hewood profile. I wouldn't say it was quite a hatchet job. I'd say it was nuanced in its view as Stella McCartney's <laughs> kind. Um, in, in my Guardian, as we say, um, I, uh, I have a small person, uh, the, the most minute of personal links with Stella McCartney, in that she went to the sixth form college that I went to. Oh, okay. Although obviously there was there was some years between the two mm. of us. Whenever people boast about the alumni of their schools, my two trump cards are uh, Stella McCartney and Eddie Izzard from my sixth form college. But anyway, <laughs> um, down in Bexhill. But she, yeah, she had various. Um, you know, she's obviously clearly a very deep person, man, and uh, and she talks about various things. And she, she's, I mean, there's much to admire because she's very environmentally conscious, and she excuse the kind of fast fashion and uses sustainable fabrics which means she is more expensive and she's never had the kind of high street sort of clout that other designers do uh she says uh, uh, what's interesting this quote she said um she she ends up ha- having less materials to use than other people and she said um if everyone else was sustainable we could have a level playing field so it does feel unfair but it's my choice and i believe very much in my musings for working in that way um as she says then rather amusingly you know what it's not like i'm here for an easy life yes mccartney comma stella not here for an easy life but anyway we move on and she she talks about 
um, dry cleaning and how she completely disagrees with it, which is very peculiar. Um, she, uh, she, she, her view is the rule on a bespoke suit is that you're not meant to clean it. It's apparently like architecture, she claims. You let the dirt dry <laughs> and you brush it off. And it's rule. It's she said basically in life. My rule of thumb is if you don't absolutely have to clean anything, don't clean it. I wouldn't change my bra every day, and I don't just chuck stuff into a washing machine because it's been worn. Mm, I'm incredibly God. hygienic myself, but I'm not a fan of any dry cleaning really. I do wonder to what extent there is a disconnection with the real world of work here. I don't want to keep banging on about Stella McCartney's surnames and her connections, but the fact because I do think that she is a good designer. But the fact of the matter is that it is there, and I, I would be amazed if it didn't open any level of doors for her at some point. Therefore, she is not someone who... I mean, she would probably you know, very much disagree. She, she hasn't exactly fought her way up from the bottom, is my view on this. She she may well argue against that, but I, I, I often it's, it's a kind of rule of thumb that whenever I've had... Whenever I've worked in posh areas of Britain and I've had quite posh clients buying and selling properties as a result, usually the richer a client is, particularly in a rural area, the more of a shambles they are when they come in. And I remember fondly one high court judge that came in um, with uh, smelling of um, unfortunate fluids, another one Ooh. that came in with um, his trousers being held up with string <laughs> and such other examples. They were not particularly kept individuals. They were extremely pleasant and extremely brilliant people, but they did not need to be clean in a way that people that do not have great privilege or money or power do need to be clean. So I wonder if there's a kind of a, you know, it doesn't matter if you turn up looking a bit shambolic because you're Stella McCartney and an artist man. If you're a, if you're someone else who is, you know, in their 20s and looking for a job interview or, you know, perhaps a person of colour or perhaps somebody who is disabled, who is um, unfairly judged on other aspects of their appearance, it is more important to look clean, I think. So so I wonder if there's an element of um, disembodiment from the real world here. I rather suspect, too, that Stella McCartney lives a life surrounded by fresh flowers, uh, casitas mm. in Ibiza, and uh, first-class travel everywhere she goes. Any of us who spend any time in bars or public or on public transport, oh my God, mm. especially the tube or the sum, yes. subway in hot weather, would we, you know? We'd urge everyone to shower regularly and please ignore Stella and stick those clothes on a good long wash program. Um, I, I was thinking when I was reading about this, I was thinking it reminded me there's a there's a long tradition of gigs in small non-air-conditioned mm. venues being rather pongy experiences, and it <laughs> reminded me of in the heydays of punk. Young mm. lads who couldn't afford leather jackets or trousers mm. uh, bought the PVC cheap yes. versions. And the trouble was the cheap man-made products didn't breathe. All the perspiration no. was trapped within. And after a couple of hours of PVC-clad people uh, leaping mm. about in the heat, the scent of sweating ewes was rather overpowering. <laughs> and that, that bouquet can never be quite forgotten can't be no. deleted from memory. Well, it literally hangs around like a bad smell, I suppose mm. you would say. But 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 anyway, it's yeah, I, I agree with you. It's um, also a rather unfortunate side product of the smoking ban, which came in yes. two thousand and seven, which I'm really really very fond of. Um, is that people really smell? Yes. I'd never quite appreciated this until the smoking ban came in, and we had a joyful week of not smelling of smoke when we came in. Only discovered that when you go to gigs and you're you're around hot people, yeah, people really smell, and there's nothing to take the edge off it. Coming next, here, have an album with your Taylor Swift T-shirt. <laughs> album bundling. That's next, right after Holy Magic. Out of work. 
I really like this. Um, it's from their um, eponymous, um, I think their debut album, and that that was uh, the band Holy Magic, and it was Even Though, I think is the name of the tune. I really like the, the sort of hazy mm. feel, modern psychedelia, mm. which is very much to, to be encouraged, I think. Very good, enjoyed that. Indeed, and they're from Brighton as well, and there's some mm. interesting bands coming out of Brighton at the moment. Mm. Now, here's a statistic uh, for us all. Um, about half of the 39 albums that topped the Billboard charts in America last year mm. were sold as part of merchandise or ticket bundling. This was a, mm. an absolute shock to me. I had no mm. idea about this going I, on. I, I'm familiar with the practice, mm. but not on that level, if you see what I mean. Yeah, I had, I had no idea about it oh. at all. What happens is, uh, if like me you didn't know, is that artists and record companies try to work the system of generating hit albums mm. by including free CDs or downloads of an artist's new album when you buy concert tickets, t-shirts, hoodies, oh. or other merchandise. Even um, w- when you buy a pizza, in Taylor Swift's case, uh, Papa John's Pizza you bought, uh, and then you've got a free Taylor Swift, uh, Taylor Swift album with it. These, these giveaways, rather oddly, do count as album sales. Oh. And so if enough people buy t-shirts, gig tickets, or pizzas... The record shoots up the charts, giving the impression of great success and, of course, all the attendant publicity. Mm. Now, although this appears to be perfectly legal, Jules, it certainly doesn't, um, at least in a moral sense, it just doesn't feel right. Uh, It doesn't feel like it has a lot of artistic integrity to me. No, I don't think so at all. I wouldn't be terribly comfortable with it because I would want to know that people were buying my music for the sake of liking my music rather than necessarily having uh, having bought themselves an album or a laptop uh, bought a t-shirt or a laptop in the case of perhaps you too when we all ended oh, up gosh, categorically yes. with that album oh, when none Lord, of us wanted yeah. it that was a bit of a misstep wasn't it but mm. bundling I didn't I only was familiar with bundling on the um, the sort of the pledger model mm. So these websites like Pay- Pledge Music and, and, and the crowdfunding websites, quite often you can spend, you can buy the album or you can spend different levels of money. So you can spend, if you wanted it, I think I um, get Kate where Kate Fly, Sam Duckworth did a solo album ages ago. And I think I bought the version that meant you got a tote bag with it. But I was still very much buying the album, if you see what I mean. I wasn't buying yes, the bag. Yes, it's the other way the around, album. really, isn't it? So you get yeah. you buy the album and you get something with it. The, yeah. the bundling thing is... You buy a T-shirt. Is it, yeah, yeah. Although you, could, although you could argue that to some extent the incentives, mm. you are sort of buying mm. both, if you see what mm. I mean. You're, but although you are interested in the album or the artist in the first place, I suppose, the only argument, I agree with you, I find it to be a, a very peculiar thing and it, and it feels a bit... I mean, in, it, it, I suppose it partly depends on what it is as well. I feel a bit better about sort of tote bags and, and mm. music-related stuff, so the idea that you can pay to have it on different formats, for example. That's fine. I do have an issue when it's... Um, there's this, this, this rapper... This rapper chap called Travis Scott from Houston, who is one of the most prolific bundlers, apparently, um, <laughs> who last year claimed the top spot um, by selling access to ticket, concert tickets. Well, I can sort of understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, hats, less so. Oh. Or um, you could get a free album with a keychain that you bought from oh, him, which I find sake. particularly offensive, offensive and peculiar. Uh, Taylor Swift had a smartphone stand that you could that you can buy with her album. That's ridiculous. I've had it all very, the only argument, and I'm not saying I particularly uh, billboard are tightly in the rules on this, by the way. I can't say I'm, I'm hugely in favour of it, but 
I can see the sort of thought process is that it may be a response to basically how mad streaming's gone Mm. and and how sort of unmad album sales have gone as a result, really. And this is an interesting stat from the New York Times. From 2015 to 2018, revenue from album downloads plunged by about 53% in the US. So this is more of a, Mm. just to point this out, this is more of a widespread practice in the US, by the way. It hasn't really caught on very much over here in the UK. It's still very much the pleasure model, oh, right. but as a but as a result in the US of, of album downloads falling by by over half within three years, CD that was album downloads, so that's buying online, so that's legal downloading. Mm. CD sales fell by fifty two percent over the same period. Streaming revenue more than tripled, and yeah. I, as I think we've discussed on the podcast mm. before, by by streaming revenue we we, we mean you know naught point naught 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 six pence of a pla- per play you get off spotify so if even artists like lady gaga get something like 500 quid from thousands and thousands <laughs> of play it plays it's not a particularly um it's not a particularly economic model but it's it does seem um it does seem a bit strange really that that um that that this has kind of gone this way um the billboard and nielsen the data department have adopted formulas to try and work out the way the many different ways that people consume music because people have lots of different people have lots of different kind of um kind of pre- ways in which they listen now i suppose one could argue that um that that it's in a way it's worth doing this to flog cds and talking about the, the discrepancy between between streaming income and just selling of albums income each album a fan acquires either by itself or tacked on to the purchase of a gig ticket or a t-shirt is worth about 1400 times as much as any individual stream and that is that is eye-opening isn't it and that really kind of explains is. why mm. they kind of goes in a way i can sort of understand getting an album free with a gig ticket um my local music shop one of the music's not dead now in the Delaware pavilion in bex hill they did it sort of in reverse where if you went and pre-ordered the new album by a band called Yak, you then got a free ticket to the in-store that they did, which I thought was quite good. Mm. So, so you can, I can understand why selling live tickets and and albums attached in this day and age, they have a kind of a. I see that as being, you know, certainly less avaricious than keychains or, you know, branded plant stands or, or goodness knows what. I can I can understand that that sort of encourages interest in the artist's music, doesn't it, really, if you see what I mean. I can more understand the, the kind of link between... It's like if you express an interest that you want to go and see a band live, then it sort of makes sense that you have their album as well, if you see what I mean. Though, of course, in the past, you would have bought both. So may, maybe that just shows the kind of collapsing revenue... And, and, the, and the lack of value that we put on, on recorded music and going to see bands live. I think the incredible consequences of al- album bundling, I've got a couple of mm. examples mm. where uh, it can have an instant major impact. A couple of months ago, uh, a couple of months back, yeah, Metallica, mm. it was earlier this year, Metallica's album, uh, Hardwired to Self-Destruct, it jumped from... <laughs> Only Metallica would yeah, have something called that, wouldn't they? Indeed. Jump, it jumped from number 42 to number 2 uh, mm. f- in one week when the album was given away with concert ticket sales. And right. I think this is an even strange one. Bon Jovi released mm. an album in 2016 
so three years ago, called yeah. This House Is Not For Sale. And mm. uh, many people would then have been surprised to see it hit the top of the album charts, just out of, out of the blue, um, in 2018. And, of course, why mm. did it suddenly reappear? Of course, because it was bundled into the cost of Bon Jovi's 2018 concert tour. Now, mm. I think, like like you, I, 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 take, I see your point. I suppose some diehard fans would somehow see all of this as a... A way of supporting the singers or bands they like, particularly, I think, at, a, if I may say, a lower level, when it's local bands and, like, your um, your example uh, that you gave of the band, did you say Yak? Mm, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. It was Yak. I, I can understand that because it's a very local level and it's, you know, trying to generate interest in the band. But here, when we talk about Metallica and, and Bon Jovi, you know, they're not just sort of starting off. Either. Um, but I think what it does is it, it takes away consumer choice and of course i think perhaps more pertinently at the at the, at the bon jovi metallica taylor mm. swift level increases the cost of what you have to spend whether it's for the concert tickets or t-shirts or whatever mm. other stuff they link the album to it just it just feels shady and i believe yeah. it, of course it further takes away the last shred of credibility that the weekly charts had yeah, I think that's right, really. And I just don't... Like you, I I, I have very little connection to the charts anymore. Mm. It, it it ended for me when they moved it from Sundays to Fridays. I just thought there was no <laughs> point in doing that at all, really. I don't know what they were hoping to achieve. But, yeah, I agree. It, and, and also, I mean, less so in Taylor Swift's case, I think, but Metallica mm. and Bon Jovi is interesting, isn't it? And it shows how we can see music differently. You'd think they were bands that have sort of had their day, really, mm. if you see what I mean, because mm. they've been around for donkey years but it's interesting how they might not sell records anymore yet they do sell enormous amounts of concert tickets it seems like mm. we, we want to go and say that we've been to see something or we want or maybe we just want to actually go and experience something more than we want their record cluttering up our house that's very true and it's it's the, mm. it's the lack of choice you know you've got to have one with the other um would you like to go on holiday with bell and sebastian or ben folds or the aforementioned bon jovi um, i mean I'm, I'm open to the idea if you put it like that that's that's good news because we'll we'll be looking and telling you how right after the delicious prog rock harmonies of pure reason revolution Taste the lion's 
Fleetwood Mac and Pink Floyd had a child together, it would be this band. Um, mm. Long-time favourites in the Dackham household, uh, particularly late at night in candlelit rooms. Um, a single take... How, how lovely. Yes, what a nice image you've got, it, you've got for us there. It is a lovely image, it is. Um, a single taken from their first album, The Dark Third. It, uh, the, the single reached the dizzy heights of number 74 in the UK. <laughs> from 2004, the splendid Pure Reason Revolution and Apprentice of the Universe. I often get them confused with hmm. Cosmic Rough Riders, but I think it's because oh. they were around at the same time and they have three words, oh, three in words. Their name, <laughs> and I really am that stupid. I think that's why. <laughs> um, m- many of us who have the freedom to, to get away and the financial resources to do so hmm. like to take, take like to take a holiday, maybe once, maybe twice a year if you if you if you're uh, yeah. wealthy enough. Whether it's sheltering, perhaps wearing a Taylor Swift hoodie, who knows? Um, mm. On the invigorating beaches of Scarborough, uh, you might let you might be lounging uh, luxuriously at Sandy Lane in Barbados or backpacking over the mountains of Austria. If we feel we would like to have some music as part of that experience, most of us would be content to put on some headphones and listen to our bundled up copies of Taylor or Metallica or whatever we choose. However, Jules, you've been finding out about a new twist to enjoying music while you vacation. I have, yes. When this was announced, I had so many messages from from well-wishers of the Harris household that thought I might want to go on this. Um, Bell and Sebastian have announced... Um, that they are going on a they're going on a cruise and they want us to come with them which is lovely really they um, they did a, a they were famous for setting up a weekend uh, at Pontins fun enough near to me in Camper Sands um, called it was originally called the Bowley Weekender and then it became all tomorrow's parties and something slightly different but um, they've uh, in homage to that are, are going on the Boaty Weekender cruise which you can you can go on a cruise um, from uh, Barcelona um, across a five day cruise around the Mediterranean above, aboard the uh, 2,500 berth luxury liner, the Norwegian Pearl. Um, and you're basically spending five days at Bell and Sebastian. And also, may I point out, Teenage Fan Club and Yola Tengo as well. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I quite like the idea of going on a nice cruise, having some good bands playing. Somewhat vexingly, they, they are featuring, I'm disappointed to have to tell you, Terence, mm. ironic takes on traditional cruise pastimes. So there uh. will be yoga classes taken by members of the bands, nautical knot-tying art classes, games of band name bingo, and a hipster cap decorating contest, which I find wearing, frankly, even as a Bell and Sebastian fan. Um, It's become quite a big thing, these bands doing luxury cruises, for reasons that will become apparent when I start talking about the figures. But apparently, John Bon Jovi takes over the same ship for his runaway to paradise Mediterranean cruise. I know, featuring concerts and wine tasting sessions with his son Jesse, <laughs> oh which is God. rather nice. You can go with the aforementioned Ben Folds Five. Um, it's uh, you don't go on a cruise for that, but you go to a Highland Castle hotel with Ben Folds. It's billed as four days and nights of music, photography, and fun in the Scottish Highlands. And um, apparently, it also has the Highland Games, and you can actually do caper tossing and welly wanging. My personal favourite of these examples. You, they've been doing a kiss cruises for years, apparently. With with a yeah. capital K for cruises yeah. to match the kiss brilliantly. Um, uh, there are concerts also, and I, I have to say this is almost worth paying for. They feature <laughs> cooking demonstrations from Paul Stanley oh and God. motivational talks from Gene Simmons, which oh is God. almost worth paying the money to hear. But having said that, it is a lot of money, I'm afraid to say. Um, 
the if you want to the most uh, so we can go sort of bottoms hmm. up sort of price wise so if you want to go to the Benfolds Highlands Hotel stay in a shared room with two beds you will be paying £1,530 per person That's I regret a lot, to inform isn't it? you mm. the most expensive suite for two is almost £5,000 <gasps> you've also got to travel to the Atoll Palace Hotel in the pit lockery I don't even know where that is alcohol <laughs> is extra uh, all of these things either include mm. booze if you want to go on the boaty weekend, um, if including get so you've got to get to Barcelona first in order to go on this boaty weekend. So so the cost of getting to, to Barcelona, going on the uh, going on the cruise, the average cost per couple is three thousand pounds, and that doesn't include alcohol, soft drinks, or water. Well, I tell you what, I just got my calculator on my mm. phone out there because. Um, I just think the number of births you said on that boat times mm. the three thousand pounds. Yeah, that's seven and a half million quid. Now I know well, that you, doesn't all go I, to balance semester. You probably need to hold that because it's three thousand pounds per couple. Couple, but still, right? Three all right. And a half mi- three and a half million is not mm. to be sniffed at, is it? Although I wonder how much it will cost to stage. I mean, it does mm. seem like a like a shrewd money spinner to say the least in, in its defense or rather in terms of the rationale for it apart from the fact you can make a, a, a butt ton of money from it is uh, Stephen Budd is the co-creator of the not-for-profit traveling world musical jamboree Africa Express and the DMZ Peace Train Music Festival which is a concert that takes place never heard of this close to the border of North and South Korea amongst other things so he's quite, quite, quite a brave fellow I think <laughs> he said we're going to see some more we're going to see more and more of these things people want something special I mean there's always going to be room for Glastonbury the major festivals but some people want something a bit more intimate and maybe it's this idea almost like the kind of the the pledge model that we talked about earlier mm. that it's not enough to just kind of buy an album anymore is it people people want to kind of and in the age of social media where it can seem very it can seem very like you might know some of these people if they tweet mm. you sometimes and you know you, you kind of you maybe they might follow you you can it, it gives a kind of a false sense of intimacy i think sometimes although yes. in their defense ben and sebastian have always been a band that are very very linked to their fans and maybe it's just a consequence of the fact that Ben and Sebastian are the kind of band that their fans have grown up with them, if you see what I mean. I mean, most people I know that Ben and Sebastian fans have been for a couple of decades. And maybe it's just a, maybe it's, it's, it's just a sign of the times that Ben and Sebastian fans that were rather sort of nerdy and shy and brainy have gone on to be quite capable people that have done quite capable things, as a result of which have quite a large income and are able to spend it on things like this. <laughs> I I could foresee one major problem here. If I if, mm. I if I were in Bell and Sebastian, an unlikely scenario, it has to be admitted, or Teenage Fan Club, or if I was it, part of the Ben Folds Five again, mm. very unlikely. Um, all of whom are running. It's not implausible. It's I not implausible. Think. No, I I could I could I could audition. Um, mm. They're all running gig gigcations this summer. I'd have one major fear. The thing is, if you've just played a gig at say I don't know Cleveland, Ohio. You're backstage and you get trapped into conversation with some super fan who wants to quiz you about the meaning of the lyrics of every song you've ever written. At least you can run to the limo and zoom away (laughs) on board one of these cruises. Imagine sitting down to breakfast. Imagine you're Stuart Murdoch from the much-loved indie Mm. chamber pop heroes, Bell and Sebastian, and some bloke covered in Bell and Sebastian uh, uh, T-shirts and tattoos and things follows you around the breakfast buffet asking you detailed questions about... 
I don't know everything. Everything there is to know about uh, the the life pursuit album, and you know, t- mm. tell me more about that. Tell me more about track thirteen, Mordington Crescent. And um, you, you've got nowhere to hide. You might be in mm. your cabin. There's a knock on the door. It would be like Alan Partridge's biggest fan, Jed Maxwell. I think. Wow. <laughs> Except you can't escape across the field as Partridge did. You're stuck on a boat. Mm, it's interesting, isn't it? It'd be interesting to see whether or not they truly are amongst the people or whether there is a, a, a VIP-style area elsewhere. That's, it'll be interesting to see what happens, won't it? Right, well, yes, there is that. And I suppose, on the other hand, at three grand uh, for a couple, uh, at, so therefore three and a half mil uh, income, maybe there's some financial consolation to somebody some, some following you around. Some crosses are perhaps worth bearing, mm-hmm. aren't they? Although, of course, that works on the basis that they sell all of those tickets, of course. Yes, of course. Now, when you're not planning your summer cruise with Bell and Seb, um, mm. where might we find you this week? I think there may be some exciting news. Yes, there is some exciting news. I mean, it is the same exciting news as we've had for the last few weeks, but still it remains exciting nonetheless. After a two-week uh, sojourn, I'm back <laughs> on Ryland's BBC Radio 2 Saturday afternoon programme, quizzing again from roughly about quarter past four on uh, Saturday on BBC Radio 2. Um, that's this um, t- tomorrow's Saturday, so Saturday the, the um, 13th. What is- 13th tomorrow. Right, yes, indeed. I've only known the date all day. Goodness knows why I don't know it now. But anyway, yes, looking forward to doing that very much. Although, of course, I recommend you listen to the whole programme because it's it's, it's Mm. very upbeat fun for a a Saturday afternoon. I suspect that Ryland may still be recovering from his his own sojourn in Ibiza last week. So very much looking forward to doing that. Um, Next week, I'm also really looking forward to going to a gig in Hastings on uh, Thursday, um, the 18th. It um, It is at the Printworks which is a venue very close to my heart and it's the brilliantly named or synthesizer club who are a a local uh, local sort of bunch of people that play synthesizer and have lots of, of videos um are doing a 1969 moon landing anniversary show oh, and support act called switch palace and they're also excellent i've seen them before so very much looking forward to going off and doing that i think that's going to be that's going to be a great deal of fun and uh yeah, and also it will be Beatwave down in Hastings next weekend, which is the 19th, the 20th, and the 21st of July, with bands that are plenty playing. So if we don't speak before then, I'd recommend that you come down and watch that too. Mm. Well, thanks very much to everyone listening. Very pleased to have you along. And as always, yes, I agree. Thanks also to uh, Hilly and Rona as well. Also, very much agree. Um, now, we played the original version of this track about a year ago, but this is mm. a, a brilliant. Um, alternative version, Jules. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cat Power is one of those people that produces brilliant music of her own, but has a real knack for a cover. She just seems to, she seems to just find a different journey through a song that I always think is really interesting. She's done a few covers albums now. I think I really like this. I think this is this is such a great version. And like you say, it is a it is a slightly different version. I like the fact she she seems to just sort of wander through a song rather than cover it really. But I think it it works brilliantly. This is Cat Power, and this is Fortunate Son. Some folks are born made to wear the flag The red button blue And when the band plays
listening to a parish council production 